Well, it's good to be with you this morning. It's certainly good to see uh, Chad and Rachel again. Good to see them here, and, and good to see you. I, I'm intimidated by these tall pulpits. I'm telling you, I just I thought about my pastor uh, back home. He's pretty short, and that pulpit in the Sunday school room would be just about cover him up. I want you to meet me in Luke chapter 4, if you will. Luke chapter 4, and I'm going to read you a verse from the book of Hebrews, and then I'll meet you in Luke 4. And I want to talk to you today about maturing spiritually, maturing spiritually. While you're turning there, I I, uh, heard about a fellow that was wanting to serve the Lord, and he didn't have a lot of talent, except he could sing. And, but he didn't have a lot of ministry skills and things like that, but he could sing. And so the pastor said, well, singing is a good ministry. And said, uh, uh, he said, oh, I couldn't sing in front, of, in front of a church. I just couldn't sing in front of a church. And he said, well, why don't you do this then? Why don't you go to the nursing home and sing to those folks there at the nursing home? And uh, just go from room to room and sing, sing to those folks. Just quietly sing them a hymn. And so... He did, and so he goes to this one room and sings this, this hymn and visits with the folks, sings to them. And then as he's getting ready to leave, having heard him sing, the, uh, <clears throat> the guy that was singing said to the fellow in the bed, said, well, I hope, you get to, I hope you get better soon. And the fellow from the bed said, I hope you get better soon too. <laughs> That's a good joke. Somebody could have probably told that better. <clears throat> Hebrews 5, listen to what the Lord's, listen to what Paul said to these folks here. And keep in mind the thought is spiritual maturity. He says, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and become as such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For every one that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. When I stand before the Lord, I don't want to be an adult baby. Do you? I don't want to, I don't want to stand before the Lord and Him say to me, Dale, what happened? What I gave you time. I gave you teachers. I gave you my word. I gave you my spirit. Dale, you had the opportunity. You had all the provisions that were necessary. And you never grew. You never matured spiritually. I don't know how this is going to be when we stand before the Lord. I don't know that that scenario is exactly how it's going to be. And I don't know that God, I mean, He doesn't need charts and things like that. But I envision that God has me on a chart somewhere. And this is where I was physically born. And this is where I was spiritually born. And this is where... All the years and the opportunities, the time, the scripture, the pastor, the teacher, all of that. This is where I should have been, but I'm here somewhere. 
And I never, and I never grew. I never, I never, I never was, uh, I never came along and, and was, uh, profitable to the Lord. I was never, I was never a good testimony of the Lord. I just never matured. And I want to speak to you this morning about being a, a, a spiritually mature believer. And I'm speaking to Christians this morning. I'm not, I'm not speaking to unsaved. I'm speaking to believers this morning. And, and the question is, what decides? What decides? What did, what did I miss that I didn't mature? What did, what, what, what did some get that they matured and I missed that I didn't mature? Knowing that we all have the same time, we all have the same treasure of the Word of God, we all have the same teacher, what, what did I miss? And I think the key to spiritual maturity is best seen in Luke chapter 4 where you are and this is where Jesus is led into the wilderness to be tempted. And there's literally four so very visible and obvious keys to spiritual growth here. And, and it's the path for your, your growth and the path for your maturity. Now let's read this in Luke 4 and verse 1 through verse 11. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being forty days tempted of the devil. And in those days he did eat nothing, and when they did eat, they were ended, he afterward hungered. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. And the devil, taking him up into an high mountain, showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee, and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will I give it. If thou therefore wilt worship me, all shall be thine. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And he brought him to Jerusalem, and set him on a pinnacle of the temple, and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down from hence. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee. And in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou shalt dash thy foot against a stone." And Jesus answering said unto him, It is said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit unto Galilee, and there went out a fame of him through all the regions about. I would like to give this message to young people and say, Don't miss this. And I would like to give this message to older people like myself and say, have you, have you missed a step? And there's four keys in this that I believe are essential to our spiritual maturing, no matter who you are, no matter what position you have in life. Number one is this, our spiritual maturity must matter to us. I want you to see something here. And I, and I make that statement, our spiritual maturity must matter to us. I make that statement because if you'll study this as we just read it, you'll find out that every, every representative from every power 
is present here in this valley, in this wilderness. God the Son is there. We read that. God the Holy Spirit is there. We read that. Satan is there, literally. And Jesus quotes God the Father. And if you read Matthew's account of this, you'll find that the angels are here. They came to minister. My point being this. This is not a attendance optional meeting. This is a major deal. Jesus is being prepared literally for His future ministry. He is being challenged. He is demonstrating something for us here. This matters. This is a significant deal. Everybody literally is interested in your spiritual maturity. On both sides of the aisle, God wants you to be spiritually mature. The devil does not want you to be spiritually mature. And both are extremely aggressive in pursuing or pursuing your demise of your spiritual maturity. I'm just saying to you, if you're going to be spiritually mature, your spiritual maturity has to matter to us. It matters to God. It matters to the devil. It matters, listen, it matters to those who look to you for influence. It matters to them. They may not realize how much it matters, but it matters. And so you must make it a significant uh, matter to you. We, we find, and I look back on my youth, and, and I'm telling you, I don't know that I gave it a great deal of thought. I did what was the next big thing or what was the next easiest thing. But I'm saying to you, and suffered for it, but I'm saying to you that if you're going to spiritually mature, if you're going to stand before the Lord and Him say, you know, you took the time and you took the treasures that I gave you, the Spirit and the pastor and all the opportunities and you grew, you're going to have to come to a place where you say, listen, spiritual maturity matters. It's got to be on your radar. It's got to be high on your on your list of priorities. So number one, just because everybody from both sides of the aisle showed up, I say your spiritual maturity matters. Let me give you the second thought. Our spiritual maturity depends on our willingness to embrace the cost of maturing. Our willingness to embrace the cost of maturing. Learn this. This is true. Everything in this life that is valued by us or important to us or meaningful to us, to have that will cost you something that is less valuable and less important and less meaningful to you. Did you follow that? That's a mouthful, isn't it? But I'm just saying your whole life, you're going to make decisions based on what is more meaningful to you. And what is most meaningful will cost you what is less meaningful. Some of you practiced that this morning. I don't know about you, but I didn't wake up at 5 o'clock this morning, twinkle toes, ready to go to church. I mean, when the alarm went off at 5 o'clock this morning, I was ready to snooze it and go back to bed at least just for 10 more minutes. But I'm just saying to you, you have to say, no, I've got a task that is important. I've got an invitation. I've got a calling that is important. I've got an opportunity that is important. So I'll have to put aside 
what is less important. I'm just saying to you, you look at Jesus here in this passage of Scripture, and Jesus was willing to go to the wilderness. Jesus was willing to be alone for 40 days. Jesus was willing to give up food for 40 days and be hungry for 40 days for something that He valued more than food and comfort and convenient. Your whole life is going to be that way. You're going to have two things. And you say, what's most important? And you say, well, I, I, I think I like them both. I know, but you don't always get to have both of what you like. You have to choose which is most important. I think one of the reasons people lack spiritual maturity is they're unwilling to give up something they love for something they should love more. We've got to come to the place that uh, Bible study and prayer and worship and church and fellowship and service and ministry, all of that has a part in our spiritual maturity. And somewhere in this life, if you're going to mature, you're going to have to give up those things that compete with spiritual maturity. You know what I'm saying? You can't, you can't be on, in church and on the golf course at the same time. But, but being in church is, is, uh, is uh, essential to your spiritual maturity. So the golf game's going to have to wait. I'm just saying you, you have to come to a place. There's no such thing as cruise control Christianity that we just live what comes as it comes according to our desires and our pleasures and our convenience and our comfort. And then we get to stand before the Lord and find out that we've pleased Him in every way. No, that's not how it works. You've got to come to the place that you decide what is most important and you give up what is less important so that you can have what is most important. You empty your hands, literally, in our world today, our hands are so, even among God's people, our hands are so filled with everything we like that we cannot, we cannot have those things that are most important and that we should love more. So, two things so far. Number one, to spiritually mature, it's going to have to be a matter of importance to you. It's going to have to matter to you. It matters to God, but it's got to matter to you. And then number two, you're going to have to come to the place where literally you're willing to pay the cost of, literally pay the cost of spiritual maturity. And that means putting aside those things that compete with spiritual maturity. Number three, our spiritual maturity depends upon our willingness to know Rightly divide and rely on the Scripture. Jesus responded to the devil three times. He said, it is written twice, and it is said once. Jesus obviously knew and understood and relied on the Scripture. And here's my exciting point of the day. Know this. Jesus did not use in the wilderness, in His struggle and temptation against the devil, he did not use any weapons or materials or tricks or resistance that's not available to you and me today. Do you know what he used? The Word of God that you have in your lap. That's what he used. I mean, I look at Jesus and I say, well, of course he won the victory. He's Jesus. Of course He defeated the Satan. He's Jesus. 
It wasn't necessarily his identity. And this is way over my head here. Who knows what would have happened if he had not won this victory. But literally, the Word has the power to put the devil on his heels. I'm just saying to you, if you're going to win the victory, if you're going to grow and mature spiritually, you're going to have to know, understand, and rightly divide the Word of God. And here's another thought in regard to the Scripture. When you get to verse 10 and 11, the devil is quoting Scripture. Now that's a little different twist. But he's quoting Scripture which just emphasizes our need not only to know what the Bible says, but to understand what the Bible says. Because what Jesus was, what what the devil was trying to do by uh, quoting Scripture was literally, and here's, this is easy to understand. It's just a chapter or so back, Jesus was baptized. And when he was baptized, the Bible says a dove came down from heaven and there was a voice from heaven said something like, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. This is my son. And it was establishing for for us that Jesus Christ was undoubtedly the Son of God. And Jesus had that endorsement upon him. He knew who he was. Well, the devil comes out and says, you know, the Bible says, here's the devil, the Bible says that if you, I want you to jump off of this pinnacle, and the Bible says if you're the Son of God, that you won't be hurt. So why didn't he do it? The reason he didn't do it is because that would put Jesus in a setting almost to not rely upon what he had just experienced at his baptism, which was this voice from heaven says, you're my son. This is my son. Listen, you and I need to understand something. Know this. What the Bible says, that's good enough right there. Stop it. Just end it. Just stop it. Jesus so relied upon the spoken word of God that it would have been wrong for him to demonstrate his sonship when God had already declared his sonship. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so we've got to come to the place in this life where we have such reliance upon the truth of the word of God that if God says it, that just... It's settled. It's done right there. No reason for me to kind of question it. No reason. You know, I've always said, give me a legal pad, two or three legal pads and two or three pens, and I'll justify anything. You know, starting, writing, and such. But I'm just saying, when God says it, we need to have that kind of reliance upon the Word of God. Truthfully, our maturity is measured by the Word of God, and we will stand or fall based on the Word of God. And anybody that distances themselves from the Word of God will not mature spiritually. So here we are. To be spiritually mature, one, it's got to matter to us. Two, you must be willing to put aside that which competes with that which matures. And number three, to be spiritually mature, we must know and stand on the Scripture. Let me give you the fourth thing. Look at verse 1 again. He says in verse 1, And Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost. Full of the Holy Ghost, that just means He was completely yielded to 
the Spirit of God that indwelled him. He was completely yielded to it, completely submissive to it, completely obedient to it, completely filled with him. There was not a part of him that did not want to accomplish literally what the Spirit living within him wanting to do. Now, verse 1 to me, and I'll just confess it, verse 1 is a confusing verse to me. Has been for, for, for all of my ministry until I really tried to get into this and study it. And uh, because I look at it and say, well, why would the Spirit of God lead Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted? Because we were taught to pray. Were we not taught to pray, lead us not into temptation? So why would the Spirit lead us into temptation, lead Jesus into temptation? Well, here's the thing, I think. Jesus was on a mission. He wasn't being led there to be made vulnerable to the devil. Jesus was led into the wilderness on a mission of demonstration, if you will, for our benefit. He was, he, he was establishing for all of, all of history to know that if you'll make spirituality matter to you, if you will be willing to pay the price, if you will be, uh, follow the Scripture... If you will be full of the Spirit, literally the devil cannot win. And he's demonstrating that for us. Jesus didn't go into the garden handcuffed and tied and said, Oh, I'm going to be tempted. Oh, I'm going to... He went into the wilderness saying, Where is he? Where is he? I'm going to show. I'm going to prove that the Scripture is enough, that the Spirit is enough. I'm, I'm going to show that if you're willing to pay the price, I'm going to show that if you'll make spiritual maturity matter, that you can be victorious. And that's exactly what he did. The Bible says in verse 14, when he came out of there, that his fame was spread abroad. What, what did they know about him? They knew, and it's recorded in the permanent record for us today, they knew and we know that if you'll make spiritual maturity a matter of importance, if you literally will be willing to put aside those things which compete with spiritual maturity, if you'll be willing to stand on the Scripture, if you'll be willing to stand and be filled and yielded to the Spirit, you will not fall in the face of temptation either. You can have victory. I want my chart when I stand before the Lord, I want it to be one like, okay, I was born physically here to Ed and Veda Bigham, and then I was born here spiritually, and from that point on, you just kind of may have been slow, but just kind of progressed and progressed and progressed, and every day of your life you grew a little bit. And I'm telling you, it can happen. But it's got to be important to you. You've got to be willing to make a decision as regard to what's competing with it. You've got to be willing to know and understand the Scripture, and you've got to be willing to yield to the Spirit of God that lives within you. Now let me ask you something, parents. Is that true in your life? Is your spiritual maturity of importance? Let, let me ask you, church member, is, is your spiritual maturity of importance? Is it significance to you? Is it of significance to you? That to the point that you would be willing to put aside that which com competes with it? I, I pastored a lady by the name of Sue, and um, she she was living in a assisted living and getting close to the end of her life and 
the end of her life, they wouldn't, at the assisted living place, they would not let anyone be under the care of hospice. That was just too hard on the other residents, they, so, they supposed, I guess. And so, so if hospice was invited in, then you had to go to the hospice facility. But Sue had been there only a short time, a couple of years, but she had such a wonderful spirit. She was easy to care for. She was pleasant. She was a Christian lady. She loved Jesus and she caused no problems. She was patient. She was just a delight to take care of. When it came to the end of Sue's life, the care facility said, Sue, you can stay right here. You don't have to go anywhere. When their family was telling me what they had said to her, I said, you know what I think I call that? I don't know if this is true or accurate, but this is what I call it. That's called going home beautifully. You live this beautiful life, the life that glorifies the Lord, one of victory, one of Christian maturity, and you just go home beautifully. But I also pastored some people that I told one time, I said, some of y'all don't have much time left and you're going to meet God ugly. (laughs) That's the truth. We don't give it much thought. But we're, 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 but God is keeping a record and we're going to stand before Him and it's all going to be smoke or treasures to His glory. I don't want to go and stand before Him and say, Dale, what happened? You had every opportunity, every treasure, every, you had, you had all the time. What happened? Well, it doesn't have to be that way. But I've got to make it a matter of importance. I've got to be willing to put aside that which competes with it. I've got to be willing to stand in the Scripture. And I've got to be willing to be filled with the Spirit. And here's the beautiful thing. No matter what we've done with what I've talked to you about this morning, you can come back. You can start over. You can get back. You can, you can come back and say, well, you know, I didn't do this, and I didn't do this, and I didn't do this. Well, don't do it one more day. Get right with the Lord. Stand with me, please. Father, I'd ask you this morning that you'd speak to hearts and do your work and your will in our lives. We, we need you, uh, and we want to please you. Folks gathered here this morning, not because they were made to come. They, they came because they desire to be in your house. They desire to experience your word. They desire to fellowship with you and with your people. And Father, we've enjoyed that this morning. Now, I pray that you would help us. If, we, if, we ha- if, if spiritual maturity hadn't been our priority, convict our hearts. Draw us this morning. Cause us to bow before you in, 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 in humble repentance that we, would, that we would say from this day forward, spiritual maturity will be, will be a matter of importance. And I'll be willing to make the hard decisions and put aside those things which compete with spiritual maturity. Father, do your work in our hearts and we'll thank you for it. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed as the musicians play this morning. While they play, if God's spoken to your heart this morning and you need to spend some time with the Lord, I'd encourage you to come this morning while she plays.